Although the Great Resignation, as it's being termed, took a sizable group, 1.7 million older adults out of the 9-to-5 workforce, millions more still remain. Question is, how will their work life be impacted? More by COVID or by aging? Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Such was the focus of the workshop, Work Programs at Work, at the 2021 National Conference of the American Society on Aging that we attended. Program support is especially necessary for older, low-income workers and people of color disproportionately impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. On this edition, we share with you the insights of a few of those who operate support programs for you as they shape their outreach to better serve the working needs of older adults. We will hear from Devin Hearns, National Programs Director of CSEP, the Senior Community Service Employment Program, along with Lori Strauss and Anna Montaigne, Program Managers of the AARP Foundation's Work for Yourself 50-plus program. We start with the topic of major changes being seen as companies and the workforce adjust to a new set of realities. We hear from Laurie, Devin, and Anna. At the beginning of 2020, we started an online coaching program for Back to Work 50 Plus. Um, And one of the things that was most important to us was to continue to find ways to help older workers engage with employers in meaningful ways. And the challenge was that we were um, operating at a national level, and so we needed to be able to engage with employers who had national connections. So we created bi-weekly employer spotlight webinars where employers present their companies and the job opportunities to the back-to-work 50-plus candidates via Zoom or whatever platform the employer was allowed to use. And then we provided a template outline for the session and recorded the session. Um, And then we kept that content um, on our learning management system and created a Um, a class essentially about that employer for our job candidates. So anybody who comes back to work is able to learn about what that that particular employer is looking for. And they also know that those employers are specifically interested in recruiting older workers. This year, we've engaged CVS Health. We also uh, engaged Sleep Number, face-to-face fundraising agencies, and the Five Star Contact Center. And um, we're continuing to to build um, more and more of these types of relationships so that we can have a broad range of employment opportunities uh, and employers that our our candidates can research. I would say for us in CSEP, the biggest challenge we had was the shutdown and the transition away from the host agency piece and then trying to engage with the participants after that. Primary piece of the CSEP program is the host agency experience, and that's their, a lot of our participants' lifeline and their connection to the outside and the community. So when the pandemic first happened, we really sprung into acting in contact with the participants uh, to not only provide training, but also just to see if they were okay. Well, one of the primary ways we did that was we created uh, an early alert resiliency survey. Uh, it's called EARS. And what EARS allowed us to do was hear what was going on with the participants in the field in relation to not only their uh, training needs, but also what's going on with their housing, what's going on with their um, food, uh, any type of medica- medical need, providing a reliable information source for what was going on in the pandemic. In those early parts of the pandemic, uh, it, it was information flying from everywhere, and we wanted to make sure we had a reliable way to maintain contact. So that ear survey was a primary method for us to really get into our participants and stay in contact with them. And we did that through technology and then relay that back uh, to make it really actionable so we were able to actually meet the needs of participants 
during the, the most critical parts of the pandemic where information was rare and resources were closing down. Um, the the double-edged sort of the uh, host agency environment closures really also impacts their ability to receive resources because those nonprofits that were shutting their doors were also lifelines to other needed services. So we became that lifeline in the CSET program and the EARS survey allowed us to do it. We later branched out into uh, staying in contact to keep them engaged uh, because of the lack of the host agency experience. We now went to a remote type of training piece that also allowed us to keep the participants engaged during that time. So it wasn't just downtime and they weren't just there, but they were actually able to have a viable training option provided to them during that period. So we, we were pretty successful in uh, making sure we got to talk to all of our participants during the pandemic and uh, solved a lot of problems for them during that time. We're really proud of that. The last year, we have worked really closely with our partner organizations who are predominantly small business development centers and women's business centers. We host monthly community of practice calls with all of our partners at the same time to understand what programmatic challenges they're facing, but also to understand what trends they're seeing with their clients locally, both older adults, as well as the general population. And what we found was that for most, at least in the beginning of the pandemic, most of them were overwhelmed with the payment protection plan program and helping existing business owners get the money they need to survive. Um, but as the year went on, there was more bandwidth to focus on aspiring business owners as well, or aspiring entrepreneurs as well. The guest contrasts the support available along with worker prep before and after COVID. I want to talk about lifelong learning. Um, it is critical. Of 50 plus job candidates need to be able to access affordable, relevant skill training, skill building opportunities to help them build their skills and their confidence, especially in the requirements of a digital workplace. Uh, as Cynthia already has told us, um, she worked for 25 years at Marriott, you know, a very a corporate company, um, but she never had to use Outlook or PowerPoint or Google Slides or Excel. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when she went out into the workplace and started looking for jobs, those were items that were on the position descriptions mm-hmm. that she was applying for. Yes. Um, and yeah, and she did exactly what we in Back to Work um, um, recommend that people do is look at the job description, look at the skills that you have the, and look for the gaps and then go out and find um, training to be able to build those skills so you can talk about them. And the lifelong learning um, of, of content is really important in, in specific skills, but it's also about a mindset. And it's one of the things that we talk about um, all the time that it's not just learning the information, but it's also overcoming that feeling of frustration when you don't know how to do something um, on Zoom or, you know, in a new way and, and, and you feel uncomfortable because when you get to a point like me, I'm 54 years old, I don't like to feel uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And yet learning new things is all about feeling uncomfortable, right? And so a piece of it is just helping people understand that's normal. That's exactly um, how it feels, even though you haven't done it for a while. And so it's about learning a learning mindset. And when we help people overcome that feeling of frustration, we're also helping them tackle age discrimination because managers um, in too many companies around the country have a misperception that older workers are not interested in learning and they don't know how to use technology and they're gonna be stuck in their ways. And so one of the things that we um, do a lot of is is coach people around um, learning those new skills and then getting comfortable talking about them so that they are presenting themselves um, to employers 
and, and really, um, you know, giving them a different perspective about the person that's sitting in front of them at the interview. I would say lifelong learning is one of the most important um, things that we can be doing in um, our workforce development for older workers. To piggyback on what Lori was saying, but also the, the, the what you were saying as well, Mindy, if I were to sum up the trend that I believe has a lot of uh, traction and I, I really see happening, it would be remote work. Uh, remote working to me has the potential to be the equalizer when it comes to age discrimination, because it's really about output and what you can achieve at the desk. Uh, prior to COVID, a lot of positions, a lot of uh, occupations were believed to uh, require uh, in office, in uh, facility, in structure type of uh, work environment in order for you to do the job. The year of 2020 proved that a lot can get done uh, with uh, the right set of technology and the right equipment and the right person working the desk. So in our program, I mean, we want to capitalize on that. Uh, we really want to capitalize on the ability to prepare participants and have them achieve the skills necessary to do remote work in all types of uh, fields. It's uh, technology-driven to a certain degree, but there's also a lot of customer service there. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't realize a lot of the work that was done. Like, I love that you mentioned that the uh, older population were the mandatory employers, the critical employers, the employees during that time. And they, they were out there during the time, even though the pandemic was a lot more and is a lot more dangerous to that population because of the, the nature of the, the virus they were engaged and they were engaged in the workforce at um, you know a pretty significant level. That remote work shift, I feel we weren't able to capitalize on as much because the participants and because a lot of the seniors were not technically ready to make that shift. They acquired these skills during the pandemic. So the post-pandemic economy, I think uh, we're going to be able to show up strong. And I think that uh, a preparation and the technology use that the, was acquired just for people being able to talk to their families, you know, just from being able to shop online. I mean, now from where the grocery store was everything, now you order it through your phone, you know, those techno those little skills that were foreign before are routine now because of the year of crisis that pandemic caused us. Capitalizing on those skills and then turning those into remote working um opportunities I, I see as a real trend that is going to happen for us in the future. The trend that I see related to self-employment is the increased demand for gig work. Um, in 2020, Upwork, which is an online work platform, really or commissioned a report that stated that 12% of the U.S. population started freelancing in 2020. And of all the freelancers, 26% were over the age of 55. They also surveyed, I think it was 600 freelancers, and 89% of them said that they intended to continue freelancing post-COVID. And when we started hosting our freelance workshops, we had over 600 people registered for those workshops in December, which is pretty significant when we compare that to our entrepreneurial workshops. And 50% of those people who registered were um, expressing that they were interested in learning about the gig economy out of financial necessity. And I think that is going to continue as we move forward. And it goes along with what Devin said about there being demand for remote work and freelance. There is always the question of older adults and salary levels. I'd say for us, um, it's one of the things that we actually start the workshop out talking about because um, uh, the answer is they usually are are having to accept positions at lower um, 
lower salaries or lower wages, um, especially if they've been out, um, looking for work for a long time. Um, that, that's not ideal, of course, and it, it's really frustrating. But what we don't want uh, people to do is to um, be out of the workforce for a tremendously long amount of time, which then puts them at an even more disadvantage because they're holding out for um, for a particular salary. Uh, as a general state, depending upon what level you leave in uh, the workforce, if you're retiring or you're recareering, uh, you may have to take or accept a lower level position because of the nature of work. Um, unfortunately, work has now, as a general state, focused on doing more and paying less. So you actually you, you actually are expected to accomplish more in the day to day output than you are uh, than you would have been 25 years ago because of technology and other tools and the ways to communicate. Uh, but you not uh, come in at that pay rate. The pay rates now are not commensurate with the output. So don't let ego get in the way of your accomplishments. You know, uh, there are such things as, um, you know, ladder positions or positions that, you know, will be you know, a way to get you to the next step. But uh, a lateral move uh, is not always the, uh, possible. I mean, a lot of times you're looking at a ladder move where you're going to come in at a lower level, show a certain amount of skill and development, and then you're able to move up. A lateral move, pay to pay, is really um, challenging depending upon what field you're coming out of. And one of the things that we do in, um, in Back to Work, it's one of the very first steps of the job campaign experience is research, is um, figuring out what your target job is, figuring out who the employers near you who hire for that type of job, and then using salary.com or Glassdoor or other tools to figure out what the realistic um, pay band is for those jobs. Um, so the, um, what we find is that our job candidates sometimes are, are very focused on just getting a job like the one they used to have and just not having a lot of experience with all the other options that are out there where they can transfer their skills. On this edition, the subject focus is work programs that help older adults get themselves back to work. Our guests are Devin Hearns, National Programs Director of the Senior Community Service Employment Program, along with Laurie Strauss and Anna Montaigne, Program Managers of the AARP Foundation's Work for Yourself 50-plus program. We will hear from them again on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch, mask up, and keep your distance when going out. Grab that vaccine for health and more freedom, and we do appreciate you sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.